Hi, and welcome to another episode of Gomology, a podcast about clothes and stuff. Now, this week's episode, I've got a really brilliant guest for you. And um, she provides a brilliant service to men that are having problems in a certain area. Now, before your mind goes off on the wrong track here, welcome, Sarah. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, yes. My name's Sarah Gilfillan, and I'm a personal stylist and personal shopper for men, and my company is called Sartoria Lab. And yes, I don't focus in on the specific um, parts of you that you might be going wrong, as Nick seemed to be slightly um, (laughs) hinting at there, but generally what's going wrong with your wardrobe and how I can help. So just making shopping easier. I tend to get asked about smart casual as that is the huge area that lots and lots of men can't do. So they have suits in their wardrobes and they have jeans and t-shirts, but anything in between is the area that I usually get asked about. So I go to people's houses and I do color and style consultations where I look at their coloring and what suits them. And I drape bits of fabric around their neck and look at how it looks against their face because quite often which we might go into a bit later, people tend to look at a colour, but not against themselves. And then I go through their wardrobes and turn things out and put things together. And I also take some shopping. Now that sounds like a pretty comprehensive job. Yeah, it's really good fun actually as well. Really enjoyable. And it's really nice to be able to help people. And that's what I enjoy the most because it really helps them. And they're very appreciative of what I do. Is there a typical guy who will call on your services? Um, I suppose the age range, it tends to be, say, around mid to late 30s and upwards, um, just because then I think people tend to start saying, well, I don't really want to look like a teenager anymore and I'm just or a student I'm still wearing you know kind of quite casual stuff I want to up my game a bit but I don't want to look like my dad apart from their well-dressed dad perhaps but they don't (laughs) want to look too old and they just sort of can't seem to quite get that happy medium so um, quite often they might have been promoted at work and quite often they will work in an environment where they don't have to wear suits but they want to smarten up they can carry on wearing jeans and t-shirts if they want to but they actually want to smarten up a little bit so that they kind of feel like the boss and feel like a bit more authoritative um so they don't have to but they they want to so that tends to be the sort of person that i get occasionally i'll get asked for um you know to dress someone for their wedding or something like that but generally it's, it's a general sort of update and the other thing is actually if they've got divorced or um, become single all of a sudden and they're about to start dating again, that's the other reason they quite often start to update their wardrobe because they realise that they haven't had anything new for ages. I was about to ask whether it's people who have sort of come out of the, the scope of their mum buying clothes <laughs> or having a partner who buys clothes with or for them. But you really answered that, didn't you? Because people who are single or divorced or... I guess want to renew themselves, maybe reinvent themselves, maybe? Yeah, well, to be honest, it's a lot of guys, they just don't have time to go shopping. And quite a lot of people um, say to me that when they do go shopping with their wives, they just end up arguing. So I think I've saved quite a few marriages, actually, as well. So that's nice to know. But that's the thing. I think they, you know, they might be, they've got busy lives, they've both got busy jobs, and they've got kids. And so going shopping on a weekend is just not going to be much fun. It's going to be busy in the shops. 
Um, so it's just not there. You know, they just don't have time to do it. So if they can kind of get a good amount in a morning or an afternoon with me, then it just saves them so much time and stress and, you know, one or, or going if they haven't been shopping for a while, you know, sometimes the shapes and everything kind of change. Like, obviously, it did go really skinny for a while. I think it's moving away from that now. But you just find if you haven't updated your wardrobe in a while that sometimes you go to buy one new thing, but then you don't have the other things that go with it. So it starts kind of getting all a bit too complicated and they get overwhelmed and they'll go into Selfridges or somewhere and just be like completely overwhelmed with the selection. So then I will help narrow it down for them. And I I always go and prep in the shops before I meet up with somebody. So I'll either put things by in a separate room for them in their size or I'll just make notes on my on a notebook, and then so I've got a good idea of what we can find where, and so uh, it kind of that that sort of alleviates a little bit of the stress, and we've got a plan. So it's and, it, and quite often it's like they just sort of um, switch their brains off a little bit, and then I can do the thinking. Obviously, they have to make the final decisions, but I can do the suggestions for them and the suggestions of what to put things with and that that type of thing. So they don't have to think too much. I'd also like to sort of posit the controversial um, viewpoint that maybe a partner doesn't always know best what really suits you. I recall a shopping trip we were on and I was watching this um, this couple uh, and he was trying on shirts and she was saying, oh, yeah, that suits you. That's good. Yeah, excellent size and so forth. And I had to go over to the guy and then before he paid for the shirts and say, look, those shirts are two sizes too big for you. <laughs> he, was, he was swimming in them. Did his wife punch you? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but I just I just had to say something. I don't normally do it, but uh, it was just so obvious. Um, and did, did, did you change them or did, you don't know? I don't know. I, don't oh, know. I, 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 I probably ex- exited the area pretty swiftly. <laughs> Maybe she just wanted to get out of there. She was bored. <laughs> or, or I think sometimes as well, you see people, people that you know really well. It's quite hard to see them. You've got so used to seeing them in a certain look that it's quite hard to see them in a different way. And I or I used to think, oh, it'd be hard dressing people that you don't really know. But actually now I think that's an advantage because you just look at them and you're looking at their body shape and their colouring. And we've I, I asked them to fill in a questionnaire first. So I've got a little bit of uh, idea of their kind of aspirations of what they want to look like and what they need their clothes for. So um, I think, yeah, and then so I can just sort of do that and I might throw in complete, sometimes I think I'm kind of suggesting something quite normal and they're like, oh, that's a bit out there. And then other times I might be suggesting things and they will be like, oh, actually, well, I've got one exactly the same as that at home, which means I'm kind of on the right track, but then I just know that I've got to sort of go a little bit further. But it's, yeah, it's quite, I think it's hard sometimes, yeah, harder addressing someone that you know really well because you sort of can't imagine them in anything different to what they wear. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you're taking the emotion out of it and looking at it strictly on merit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's what I try to do. Although I think, yeah, and I think there's a bit of emotion attached with um, men in their clothes, but not as much as women, I have to say. Well, I think most men like to dress... uh... The, the comfort aspect is good, and we don't like shirts that are so thin that you can see our nipples. And <laughs> yeah. if we do have, if we do have a paunch, we tend to want to um, have sort of drape things in front of us a bit. Uh, but I think comfort is uh, yes, is king. Yes, definitely, that word comes up a lot. <laughs> 
Which is important so, as well, though, isn't it? And I think if you, if you, yeah, you're not going to feel uncomfortable. I think women have maybe been brought up that you wear high heels and they hurt you. And men sort of aren't brought up like that. Clothes aren't supposed to hurt you or shoes. No, I get into this when uh, when I'm buying jeans, say, and uh, they'll say that, oh, you have to buy it a couple of inches smaller than what really fits you because it will expand over time. And I'm sort of looking at them saying, expand over time? Are you wise? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. How many months do I have to suffer this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, we had that the other day in a shop as well. So they will, yeah, loosen up a little bit. Hard to tell with the, with jeans and stuff when they've got a lot of stretch in them. I don't know. You might not buy that type of jeans. But when, jeans when, I think with when they, stretch? When they first started having a lot of stretch, it's like then you don't know how much they're going to stretch or whether they're going to shrink in the wash. Or so it's kind of tricky. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so you were, you were saying about about colours and how you hold sort of check to see what suits people by holding things up to their face. Yes. So I've because got a, a lots and lots of different. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. No, no. I was just thinking that colours that suit you might be wildly different from the colours you actually sort of like. I think most people are sort of drawn towards the colours that suit them. But then there's other influences like, you know, what your mum dressed you in as a kid or what you wore to school or if you had a job where you might have you might have had a uniform and you had to wear a certain colour or if a, or if a certain person you associate with that colour, you might make you like or dislike it. So I think there's lots of influences. Um, what I find with most guys is they tend to stay, play it safe. So they, it will nearly always be blacks and greys and blues and whites and not too much else. Uh, rather than getting it wrong, they'd rather just play safe. So it's kind of a way of introducing maybe just a bit more scope into their wardrobes. And, and also, I think they just look at a colour and think, I do or don't like that colour. They're not looking at uh, their face and what it does to their face. And sometimes it can dramatically change them and make them look really healthy or really drawn so I can't remember if I was telling you this once before but there was a guy um oh I don't was it you that commented I'm not sure there was a I had um a friend of mine actually and I took him shopping for his wedding quite a few years ago and we tried on a like a sort of silvery gray kind of suit and it sort of aged him he came out of the change room I was like oh my god he's aged about 20 years in that um it was kind of before I started doing this I was working more on photo shoots again and then we, in the end, he bought like an olivey green one because he had quite um, warm sort of colouring and that's a warmer colour and it looked so much better. It made him look really vibrant and really nice, whereas the uh, silver grey just made him look a bit dead, really. So let's <laughs> not to wear that because it was quite a cool colour and it just didn't go with his skin tone. Mm, I guess if he was 15, he wouldn't mind looking 20 years older if he was going to a wedding, but uh, in any other situation, it would be bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, he wasn't that old, but he didn't really, it just looked, yeah, it just didn't, didn't look right. So, yeah, so I think, um, yeah, there's sort of lots of, I have loads of different colours and it's just, um, some people can't see it so easily on themselves, but usually it kind of lights up your eyes and makes them look uh, more of an intense colour and makes the whites look whiter. Sometimes it gives you like a stronger jawline. It's almost like it's kind of framing your face. Like you, if you framed a piece of artwork, you would think of that as, you would think about what frame to put around that according to the colours that are within that. And then according to someone's skin colour, eye colour and hair colour, then basically what you wear at the top of you kind of frames your face. 
So it's like you're the piece of artwork and we want to frame it in the best way possible. And people do say sometimes when we've bought different colours that they never would have bought it, but they've got lots of compliments afterwards. So that's always um, great to hear, especially when it's from women that they like that and they realise it's work then. Mm. Well, that's the sort of compliments most men are after, isn't it? But uh, <laughs> if you're not very daring on the colour scope, then um, then you're not going to get there. Um, now, when you go shopping with men, is it because the stuff they need or is it stuff they want? Or will you really just look through what they have and tell them what they're missing? Um, so it's usually what they need rather than what they want. Um, and yes, I do. I don't, I don't always, depending on where they live and depending on what they've already got in their wardrobe. Sometimes I do the wardrobe edit first and then I will give them an idea of, um, what they, what they can, what, what can fill in the gaps. Um, I don't always do that because sometimes, um, men are quite good, I guess, in terms of sustainability where they'll buy things and they'll wear them to death and then they just need to replace them. Um, so they don't really need me to go around because they kind of know that pretty much everything needs throwing out. So, but there, there are other guys that have, you know, quite a reasonable amount of clothes and you can put together some outfits from them and sort of, there might be the occasional thing that they're not wearing and there's, that might be because they don't have anything for it to go with, uh, trousers or it might be a certain colour or something and, and then we get something to kind of go with that jacket or whatever it is. Um or maybe shoes or something. It might be that they haven't got the right shoes to wear with the the outfit to make it look right. So so yeah, I do. I can um, yeah, I'll fill in the gaps. Occasionally they'll say that there's something specific that they want for you know like a a rain jacket or a leather jacket. Sometimes people people like leather jackets. Um, yeah, so sometimes they'll tell me, and often I'll tell them <laughs> in the best possible way, of course. Not enough. I don't. I don't dictate to them, but I'll suggest to them. Oh, what about this? Because things like, um, say, a lightweight summer jacket for guys. Lots of guys don't have that. They might have a um, something very practical, and they might have a blazer, but they won't have like a sort of nice casual lightweight jacket for summer because I don't know it just hasn't occurred to them, I suppose. Or smart casual shoes. That's one of the other areas that got quite a few people are lacking. So I might have sort of trainers or kind of more like you know either sporty trainers or hiking type trainers and sort of smart black Oxfords or are not much in between. So that's quite a, often a bit of a gap. It sounds to me like a lot of what you do is related to the idea of the sort of capsule wardrobe of, of seeing combinations in what you have and what would increase the amount of combinations. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess it is really, because I think, um, I don't think there's any point in buying, you know, an item that's only going to go with one other thing. I always like to think it's going to go in, th I don't know, three with three different things, or you know, you can dress it up or dress it down. So yeah, I always do think of it in more in terms of outfit. And when and after I've been shopping with people, then I do usually write um, an, a list for them as well of outfits because it's easy to forget. So sometimes when we're on the shopping trip, I'll be like, oh look, this blazer goes with these trousers, and then you can wear that shirt and. Um, yeah, this pocket square or this belt or whatever, but they're unlikely to remember. So I do usually give them a list afterwards. And, um, you know, obviously they don't have to follow that to the letter, but I think sometimes they kind of, you, you can forget, can't you? You're like, oh, hang on, what did I wear that jacket with before? I know I like that outfit. And then they can refer back to the list. And people have told me um, that they've, 
you know, they, they, we've been shopping like four years ago and they've literally referred to the list every day <laughs> during that time and worn nothing else. Um, but yeah, I like to sort of think of how you can wear things in different ways and layer them and maybe wear them for winter and summer just so you can get the most out of them, really. That's a terrific idea, really, because I, I know that I have a few sort of staple outfits where I know that that jacket with those trousers and that mm. shirt and that waistcoat looks excellent. Mm. And, th- and then I can sort of leave it like that and I won't really try using those items on their own or in combination with anything else. But really a, a sort of spreadsheet of what everything matches up with would be quite mm. useful. Possibly yeah. a little sad, but a bit useful. <laughs> it's not sad if I do it for you, though, is it? No, that, that would might, be might valuable be intel. But I, I went to a um, guy's, well, I think it was at the beginning of the year, and he had a green jacket, a blazer. And he was like, oh, I don't know what to put with this jacket. Can you help me? And it turned out he had about, he must have had like 10 different shirts that went with it and gave different kind of looks. He had absolutely loads to go with it. But I suppose sometimes it's just, it's A, having that other opinion, and they we maybe put things that he didn't think of. But also it's just having the time. You don't, oh, well, lots of guys who are on their own won't say, I know what I'll do this afternoon. I'll go into my wardrobe and I'll just have a play around and see what outfits I can make up. So I guess that's probably not on most guys' <laughs> agendas, is it? So, um, yeah, so it's kind of good to, it's good to be able to do it. Then you find, yeah, and then you can find new outfits from old or as um lots of people seem to be saying at the moment is shop your wardrobe i think maybe it's more i've seen lots of female stylists putting that so you go into your own wardrobe and find things that you haven't worn for a while instead of going to the shops right i was i was sort of thinking now what on earth does that expression mean but i'd sort of completely <laughs> forgot what it meant <laughs> so um, it obviously which... must be more of a women's wear term then because i think women have a lot more clothes apart from me that is um a lot more clothes in their wardrobe that they don't wear. And, yeah, they've bought and they're just not wearing. And so it, they can go and go, oh, okay, I'll, I'll pull this out and see what I can put that with, whereas men might not do that so much. I think in general that is truth. Um, I do. It is different in this household, though, because uh, I seem to just keep accumulating and my wife keeps getting less. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> and that's not because I'm wearing her clothes. <laughs> getting less do you not help her go shopping uh well i mean she used to buy a fair amount of uh the sort of fast fashion things oh. but she oh, has been wanting to get, to get i do yeah uh she's been wanting to get better stuff and stuff she will wear more mm. uh and has been selling giving away donating stuff she really doesn't wear oh. uh, i i hate giving away stuff um, or getting rid of stuff. Do you? Uh, so are you a bit of a hoarder? I, well, I have been called a hoarder, but uh, I do um, strenuously um, disagree with that. I'm a collector. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> an, an appreciator. What, what's, but, how uh, long's the long the, the thing that you've had the longest? Well, it's not too old now, really, uh, because I didn't start all this until about, say, eight, nine years ago. Oh, okay. It really started around the time I'd started the blog, which was uh, coming up to eight years ago. And so so what, um, what made you do that then? Why did you start? Well, I um, it was 11 years ago now, I was divorced. Um, so it's sort of come after that, really. Um, 
sort of getting to like yourself again, uh, reinventing yourself a bit, um, finding some new uh, vitality and youthfulness uh, past age 40. And mm-hmm. um, writing about it is just something I've always done with really pretty much all my interests, that whenever I become interested in something, uh, everyone else has to hear about it. <laughs> uh, I was doing this as a kid as well. Uh, much to the frustration of all my friends' parents, because every time Nick became interested in something, all their kids had to come to some sort of courses or lectures with me. Um, and then they'd get into it as well. And my hobbies and interests tend to change quite quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds expensive. <laughs> it could be, yes, at least for other parents. <laughs> you can share, you could, would you want to share with us what some of those hobbies and interests were? Now I'm intrigued. <laughs> Oh, well, I've been, I mean, I was an early, early adopter of computers. I used to do model aeroplanes, uh, remote-controlled aeroplanes, oh. um, music, a uh, huge record collector, uh, vintage cars, um, all sorts, really. Never into sports, though. Oh, okay. Interesting, different. So, 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 how? What was your style like before you got into all this? Then, because I would say you've got quite a definitive style now. But what was it like before this? Used to be uh, pretty much a sad dad uh, with four kids. Uh, <laughs> oh well, not much time. To uh, no, not much interest in it. I had too many other interests. Mm. So for me, clothes was sort of kind of a bit of a random thing. But uh, once you get into it, there is a lot of interest. I mean, I love the stories behind things. Yeah, yeah. And both hearing them and finding out and researching them and then letting everyone else know about it. (laughs) Hence, long captions on Instagrams and lots of uh, blog posts. I like your captions. They're always funny as well. That always appeals to me. That's good because I spend a lot of time on them. And I I try to never post something without something decent in the caption and it annoys me tremendously when people just post photos and don't take the time to write a good caption yeah or no caption at all sometimes uh all the celebrities i mean they just don't no caption at all no hashtags even it's just so disrespectful (laughs) (laughs) so moving on a bit now you've mentioned smart casual a couple of times now this is a sort of the sort of tricky thing where people will say come wearing smart casual and people don't know what it means because it's not what they wear to work. And I know in England, I mean, a lot of people do wear suits and so forth to work. I don't because I'm an engineer here. We, as long as we're dressed and okay, not smelly, we're fine. Um, so it's between the work suits and whatever they'd wear at home. If I'm yeah. getting right. Yeah, so so I think it's it's really yeah. I think between a suit and and jeans and a t shirt, but it is such a wide area, isn't it? And I think if you take things that are at either end of the scale, so if you go for a a very casual logo t shirt, for instance, with a pair of tailored trousers, it doesn't really go, and it doesn't look right. It's too much, unless you're very clever and very trendy. But it's sort of it's too much of a contrast in the styles. So I think it's almost like you need to come sort of. A little bit closer to the middle but there are smarter versions of a smart casual or more casual versions of smart casual and um yeah it's it's a huge area but that's what um i and i think that's why people get so confused isn't it so i suppose for me it's things like you know smarter trainers rather than sport trainers or as i said that's what i bought this week with somebody and um blazers and chinos without looking too old man-ish 
um, and 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 getting that contrast so it doesn't look like you put half a suit together, or maybe just getting the sort of textures right, and things like fine knit jumpers uh, that look still quite smart, and you can wear them. You can still wear them with jeans, but you can wear them with more tailored trousers as well, and. Um, yeah, some sort of shirt that doesn't have necessarily a sort of a very stiff uh, formal collar, but uh, maybe a button down or um, but something with not too much of texture and pattern on it. So it's um, I mean, it can have pattern, but I think not too, uh, too much like a flannel shirt will tend to be more casual. Uh, so that that type of thing. But it is it's really hard to explain in a few words, I think. And I think that's why people get confused and I will try and have a go actually and um explaining it a bit more sometime but getting it together a little bit more because I kind of have it all in my head um and I've done a few I have done a, a download that sort of gives a few swaps that you can make taking something from either very smart to making it a little bit more casual or the other way around taking it from very casual to making it a little bit smarter so that you sort of meet in the middle so yeah so I've tried to define it a little bit but does that it's make sense to you Yes, it strikes me that it's uh, a little bit maybe something that's been invented just to bamboozle people (laughs) because you could sort of be smart casual if you'd just got your work suit and you take your tie off. You'd be sort of at that end. Yeah, you could, you could, but that might just look like you've taken your tie off. (laughs) You could tie a tie around around your head. Maybe I'd say more like a... um, Say a cotton suit rather than a formal, and and a cotton, an unstructured cotton suit would be more smart casual than a formal uh, structured wool type suit. That'd be more what I would call sort of yes, more of a smart casual. But then again, you might go for more of a if you're talking an unstructured cotton suit, it could be something with black pockets and kind of quite a smooth cotton, or it could be a lot of a coarser cotton and more like a workman style jacket. So there's still kind of scope within. That more the sort of thing that you would wear is probably more up towards the casual end, isn't it? So there's a still scope mm. within that. But I think, yeah, the more texture something has, the generally it tends to be more casual. The more pattern it has, it generally is a little bit more casual. But it doesn't. There are obviously things that go against those those rules. I can see why people hire help to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Who do you think influences guys in what uh, what they buy? Uh, good question. Oh, oh, I've got my, a good answer to that. James Bond. There we go. That's what lots and lots of people. But I, so when I um, before I work with someone, I send them a questionnaire, and I sort of say, "Is there anybody that whose style you admire or influences you?" And quite often people say James Bond, and sometimes they even tell me which which actor played that James Bond that they like. So that's that's quite a popular one. So I guess that's um, fairly classic, isn't it? But, you know, sort of quite cool. Um, I think wives do have quite a big say in in what they wear, if they have a wife um, or other halves. Occasionally, I think there's the occasional film that might come out and influence people. Things like perhaps something like Peaky Blinders. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's occasional ones, but I wouldn't say there's that's a huge influence. Um, yeah. So, what influences you? Uh, well, that's something I'm not quite sure of. I mean, I keep pulling up this photo from about eight or ten years ago of Nick Worcester. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he oh, okay. did. Yeah. He was doing wonderful stuff with tweed and brogues 
and mm. stuff around that time. And some of the images there are just so good. That's sort of what I'd like to be forever. Mm. But otherwise, I'm not quite sure where my influences come from. I mean, I, I'm on Instagram, so I probably see stuff there. Um, yeah. The last film that really influenced me was the latest Guy Ritchie, The Gentleman. Oh, I haven't seen it. Some great styles in that, apart from the sort of Gucci-style tracksuits, which made me want a tracksuit, in fact. <laughs> one like in the film, not a regular one. <laughs> but... Um, uh, that was what put me on to my latest hat as well, because there was a, an Asian guy, in an Asian gangster, who was wearing his sort of green field jacket with his hat on, and it was just so good that I had to have a hat made like it. Uh, I did post that a few weeks ago, a photo of me in that. Oh, uh, there was also, also some, some great knit where the tweed was a bit ironic in it, which didn't sort of work as well for me. Some of it was good. Some of it was a bit sort of silly. But, uh, yeah, so that I think Guy Ritchie films in general influenced me a lot because he has some great styles in them. Mm. I think, um, uh, I don't know if it influences um, a lot of guys, but I do really like all those sort of the really old pictures, like the Shackleton ones with them and those little roll neck jumpers and stuff like that. I love that stuff. Um, and I suppose military probably is probably a big thing for you, isn't it? That kind of. Um, um, in, in a limited way, because I think people tend to take the military thing too far. Mm. There's a There's a very thin line between having something army on you and going over the top and you yeah. look like some sort of crazy militia person or something. Yeah. I, I tend, to, tend to have a rule that you, sort of, you can have one army thing on, but then yes. other things. But army yeah. works well with tweed and denim, all the sort of rugged things. So there's a lot of scope there for mixing mixing it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you love tweed, don't you? I've noticed. I do do like tweed, and that's that's something I've got from childhood, really. Um, tweed and wax cotton. We used to holiday in England, and uh, we knew people who had farms. Mm. And I must have picked up there the sort of thickness of tweed, mm. because it, I mean, I was uh, I was an adult before I started thinking. You know, I'd really like a tweed jacket again, but all the stuff I found was really thin. And it wasn't until I found a secondhand. Uh, Harris tweed jacket in a thrift shop. Yeah, that I realised that ah, that's the tweed from my childhood. Ah, so that sort of went. Uh, that was how that all happened. Ah. <laughs> now I have rather a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> but then you've also got the sort of old barbers and so forth, and mm. a barber has to be worn to get the right look. Mm. You can't go and pick up a brand new one, and that looks good in a suit as you see the sort of suit and tie guys wear a barber because mm. they'll buy buy a new one the minute it starts looking worn but if you want one that Do looks you, right so does that mean you buy secondhand ones or you buy new ones and you just wear them in well i have to admit there that i buy buy um well i do buy both yeah but i never get to wear them enough to really wear them in because oh. it takes years of daily wear to really get it in and yeah if you like wearing something different every day you're just never going to get the, the days in mm. so yeah. buying one that someone else has worn in is um well, it's a lot quicker but it's also mm. a lot cheaper because mm. yeah. you can pick up secondhand barbers for nothing yeah mm. and basically a barber will last well if not forever at least 25 years which makes it a very um a very thrifty buy really mm. Yeah, definitely. 
yeah, I tend not to be able to do much um, secondhand or vintage shopping with people just because time factor. It's just not for to do what I do. It's um, it just wouldn't. I there are. I think there are. I do know a couple of people that do it. With, um, not so much with guys. Probably more with girls. But I just think for uh, timing. If they if I'm being paid to find you know a certain amount of things in in a certain amount of time, it's just because you don't know the sizes and everything. It can be a bit trickier in. Um, yeah, vintage stores. I used to buy mm. lots of second you, you, you really need to uh, to have some good contacts there who can uh, sort of find the stuff you, you want. Yeah, you can also have places, places like Market now, which I interviewed um, a few podcasts ago, mm. who are resellers of sort of quality men's clothing. Yeah. And they, they can be fascinating um, and dangerous places to look at. Uh, mm-hmm. Because there's lots of nice stuff and it's rather reasonably priced and not very much worn. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds highly dangerous for somebody like so, you. Yeah, well, uh, times are changing there as well because uh, you see a lot of guys actually liquidating large collections of expensive stuff. Liquidating? I, as in sending them off to a reseller. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. They, they want some cash back and they want the oh, space yeah. in their home. Yeah, and some yeah. some people are selling lots and lots of expensive stuff. So yeah. much of it still tagged. Wow, gosh. Yeah, it's uh, weird to consider. I mean, you should hoard all the stuff you like, not get rid of it. <laughs> well, you need to have space though, don't you? You do, do need I'm to not- have space. I'm not much of a hoarder myself, um, so I'm, yeah. And you need to have a space that is suitable for storing stuff because you don't want it to um, start smelling all uh, basement-y and Mm. vintage-y and so forth. Or getting eaten by moths. That is also a problem, I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's here. Maybe it's not there. I don't think I've seen any moths in my my storage room. Mm. That would be quite tragic because they'd have an absolute feast in there Mm, yeah don't tell them (laughs) now should we talk a bit about organizing your wardrobe and choosing outfits and how that can be done easier or better yes well so how how do you organize your wardrobe out of interest then well, in the hall, I have the jackets which I uh, think I might be using in the coming weeks. Yeah. In our walk-in closet, I have um, about half my shirts and a selection of trousers and the sort of basic stuff. And then I have a separate storage room where I have mostly all my jackets, the footwear that isn't seasonable, and uh, that's about it, I suppose. Oh, that sounds that well, sounds oh, quite organised. I have a lot of trousers in storage boxes. Mm. And why are they in storage boxes? Just because do you sort of rotate stuff, or is they do they not fit, or have you just um, both really? Uh, I try to rotate seasonally, mm. um, and then I mean it is a, a sad fact of being an adult that uh, weight can increase mm. and not so often decrease. <laughs> so. There might be sort of trousers that are mediums while I am uh, large plus now going down again. Mm-hmm. But it's, I always find it's a shame to sort of start getting rid of stuff just because it doesn't fit right just now because maybe yeah. in two years' time it'll be bang on again and then you just be buying 
rebuying whatever you got rid of. Mm. See, I would see, I would tend to advise people to get rid of it because um, because I think it doesn't make them feel good if they're seeing if they've got stuff or either put it in a suitcase or a room out of their sight, basically out of the wardrobe. I usually get them to put it if it doesn't fit. Um, Either, either to completely get rid of it or put it out of their sight. Because otherwise, if you're going through your wardrobe and you're kind of thinking, that doesn't fit, that needs repairing, that's, you know, that there's something I don't know what to wear that with, then you're kind of flicking through lots of stuff. Depending on how much you have, um, you're flicking through lots of stuff that confuses you as to what to wear in the mornings. But um, I tend to find that it's not so much of a problem with the guys, but I do agree with the seasonal thing. I was quite like to, and also I think it makes you feel like you've got something fresh when you put it away for a few months, and then you get it out again. You're like, oh yeah, I forgot I had that. So I, I always do advise that, yeah, putting things away for um, when it's not the right season. But I'm not sure how many people will actually do that. Really, they don't necessarily all, all do that, but. Um, I think it depends a lot on how much you have because a lot of people will have, say, five pairs of trousers and they'll yeah. basically wear them until there's nothing left of them, yeah. whereupon they'll buy more. Uh, I mean, having a lot more than that. So, Yeah, I, I find most, most of the people I work with have yeah less rather than more. Which does make life a lot easier. I mean, I can remember when I was a teenager, I had my jeans, my trainers, and I had my jacket. <laughs> so if I was going out, that was what I wore. There was no, no sort of thinking about, now if I wear that with that and that jacket and those trousers, and, and remember to take a photo for Instagram, yeah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, it does com- complicate things a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does complicate things a lot more. But then again, it's a bit, a bit nice to have a bit more variety, isn't it? I mean, if you have a life without content, it does sort of add a bit of content to your life. I guess that's sort of, uh, I mean, the whole social media thing is really quite silly. So, um, But it is a way to justify having more clothes than you really need. <laughs> and having nice just... chats with other people about clothes as well. That's the thing. And you do get to know people who are of a similar mindset, who have a similar appreciation of the tweed or the wax cotton or the Japanese denim or the whatever, shoes and boots and whatever. It is, it is all pretty harmless at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. There's yeah, there's worse things to spend your money on or think about, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so when you when you want to buy something new, what how do you go about that? Do you do your research online or do you visit some of the people that sell the vintage stuff in person? Or obviously that might be slightly different at the moment, or um how do you how do you tend to find your new things? Well, I do know myself pretty well, so I try not to go looking, which is self-preservation really because <laughs> I really don't need more stuff but uh, I will occasionally cast a glance over say a, a Japanese auction site or market in England or I do have a few searches on eBay and our local small ads uh, sales uh, site uh, I go into the, our local uh, Salvation Army shop mm. pretty much every Saturday for a little browse around because you never know I might find something there yeah um, I tend not to really go looking much, though. Wow, um, I think we, well, I think we're opposites. In in the typical, you sound more like um, you shop like a woman, and I'm more like a guy because I just don't browse shops really at all because I do it for a living. I don't. If 
find it like a particularly I love my job but I don't find it a fun thing to do at weekends and I can't be bothered really to go and have a look in charity shops and vintage shops I used to but now I just I don't have that um yeah we're probably opposites of the typical uh (laughs) male female divide I think it's just a compulsive thing because I have previously found something good there so I have to go back every weekend just in case there's something good again It's, (laughs) it's like it's like Rupert my corgi he knew that once upon a time there was a little bit of food left over just there. So he will check every day just to see if it happens again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, um, I mean, where I live is a fairly small town. There isn't – I don't really look around the shops there because I just know that there isn't really anything there that will interest me. Uh, Over time, my interests have become really quite specific. Yeah. So just wandering around – idly browsing the racks in whatever just isn't really that interesting at all um and i don't know i do like buying secondhand stuff which Mm. i think comes down to it being cheaper because i see the price of stuff i like just seems to inch or edge upwards Mm. all the time yeah and uh, things have become really really expensive Mm. Yeah, well, I think everybody likes to get a bit of a bargain. And it's quite nice to sort of know it's got a bit of a story to it and it's more sustainable, etc., isn't it, to do that? I think, yeah, everything is very much going towards that. And I'm sure I will probably be shopping more vintage stuff in, in some, some at some stage in the future or maybe more the renting kind of thing. We, I'm about to do a shoot, actually, with somebody. Um, it's a, a, another project that I'm involved in. And we were talking about renting some um, some things instead of buying them. So that's kind of, yeah, it's quite a novel idea because I didn't tend to do that before when I was doing shoots. Um, yeah, one, one thing I was going to ask you, actually, about um, we, we had a little chat about this, didn't we, on, on Instagram, is we were talking about organising your wardrobe. Did you try out the um, Stylebook app? I haven't done that yet. I oh, do okay. have a database uh, I made a database about a year, year or two ago, uh, of all my jackets, and I have been sort of thinking I'd update that um, because when once you get to a certain number, you start forgetting stuff and you don't sort of consider it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to catalogue it all, don't you? <laughs> which yeah. sounds like the sort of silliest problem to have ever. Um, <laughs> oh, which whinge! I can't remember which jackets I have. Um. But it is also a case of finding stuff that maybe you don't really need any longer, which could be sold on, given way. I have sons that are sort of pretty much my old size, and they do mm. appreciate getting some stuff. And do they like your sort of style? Have they got similar styles? I think they're still at that stage of life where they don't really have a sort of really certain style. Mm. It's uh, they're, they're malleable. They, they will oh. accept my input. Okay. But which sort of brings us around to would they want to dress like their dad? Because you do sort of disrespect the dad style pretty hard, don't you? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, it's not your, you know, as in your style I'm dissing particularly. It's more that sort of, I suppose, not to diss Marks and Spencers particularly, but it's that kind of much older guy. If you say to someone beige chinos and a navy jacket, then they will have in their head you know, like an older guy in a pair of baggy, I was going to say pleated, but pleated's back in fashion now, but sort of very baggy pleated 
things with a double breasted although this is all coming back into fashion so I'm not sure how relevant this is now but um something that looks old-fashioned I think is is what I'm trying to get out achievement a bit old-fashioned and like they've sort of dressed up like my dad doesn't like ripped jeans because he thinks they're really not smart at all and yet he'll wear um oh he'll wear a cravat or something with a pair of charity shop trousers um, because he thinks that's sort of smart but yeah so I suppose well, that, that's what I'm right trying certainly Sorry. he is right about the jeans <laughs> he might be right about the jeans yeah terrible <laughs> but he has a, a weird sense of um I'm not sure if you could say my dad's got a sense of style, apart from when he rocked out his uh, 70s suit. That looked quite good. <laughs> but, um, it's, yeah. it's quite strange how 70s suits have never come back into fashion again. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. They, I think they, they are the coming back that... in now. Oh, God, please not. That's... Yeah, there's, there's a lot of 70s sort of colours, that kind of lots of uh, um, kind of browns and mustards. There's a lot of that around in the shops at the moment, which is very yeah, 70s kind of colours, aren't they? But the big lapels, the flares, the tight yeah. uh, fit around the bum. Yeah, oh, I, I think it's, yeah, yeah, I'm afraid so. I think I, the definitely lapels are getting much wider. Definitely, definitely seeing that. Because I've been talking to other podcasters uh, like Sean about how even the vintage stuff sort of keeps cycling in fashion. Mm. Uh, and we sort of agreed that the 70s suits had thankfully never made a comeback. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm not so sure. I'm not, oh, I've, I've seen that. Uh, yeah, I haven't Gucci done some really flared 70s looking things. I'm pretty sure I've seen them. Um, I don't know. I mean, huh? stuff like Gucci tends to be off the radar because it's not really that relevant to um, to us regular folks. Yes, I have to say, I don't tend to buy Gucci with clients just two I did go I remember going in there once actually with a, a guy from New Zealand a client from New Zealand he was like oh I've got this really nice Gucci jacket from ages ago and I said I don't think you'll like their stuff now we went in and he's like you would pick up a jacket and go well, that looks nice and then you turn it around and it was when they had all that sort of very um embroidered stuff so you turn it around they've got like a massive kind of embroidery on the back and he was a well he was a farmer actually um, they <laughs> probably didn't need that. So his, the jacket that he had was a nice. Well, it was a. I think it was some sort of like a tweedy kind of style with a like a half belt at the back. It was quite interesting. Um, but yeah, he didn't find any more that he liked there. But yeah, no. yes, yeah, so I tend to find that most of my clients will always ask for stuff. Say that they prefer plainer stuff, no big logos. They're always asking. Yeah, for no no logos. Definitely not big logos. So. The sort of people that I get definitely aren't really Gucci lovers. But would it be a case of no logos or would it be acceptable if it was the right logo? Um, well, I think it's it's smaller logos. I mean, they're probably talking about, you know, huge logos on, on T-shirts or, you know, really sort of um, overtly logoed stuff. Or if it's like all over or if it's a huge one. I think a, a small one is, is fine. But, yeah. I think um, it's just something that's too obvious is not for them. More that sort of bit understated look they'd rather have. Yeah, because I see a lot of stuff that uh, from sort of, say, high street uh, brands, but of even the better sort, thinking Ralph Lauren, Gantt, uh, yeah. that sort of stuff. I mean, get, getting the logo on the shirt is kind of part of the package. Uh, while I have to admit, I'd rather that they didn't put it on. Mm. 
Yeah, I would personally. Yeah, I mean, people, yeah, you know, they'll buy, um, yeah, like Ralph Lauren, but not, I think I had one client that bought one of the, um, you know, when they did the huge, they really enlarged the logo on the T-shirts or the polo shirts. And, oh, the, um, the golf uh, golf tournament friendly ones so that the television cameras could sort of catch oh, them better. Oh, I didn't realise that's why, but yeah, they, I think I, I might have had one person buy one of those, but generally, yeah, they buy the ones with the smaller ones, yeah, and if it's a sort of a, a known one, it's just not, yeah, not the a sort of real, really naff all over ones. I don't know then. I guess they're not naff. Like, um, Harvey Nichols have a huge room full of, you know, branded T-shirts, but it's not oversized kind of branded T-shirts, which is not really my sort of, sort of thing that my clients wear. And it's, yeah, I guess it's aimed at sort of maybe younger, um, I don't know, like maybe the Chinese sort of tourists and stuff like that, but or trendier, yeah, tourists. I suppose a lot of it is down to sort of flexing the wealth, showing that you can afford something from Louis Vuitton or whatever. Uh, yeah, which gets less um, important, or whenever when you get older. Yeah, I've never been into that personally, so I suppose maybe I maybe I'm a slight influence on clients in that respect. But yeah, I've never never really loved that type of thing. I Don't mind the Margiela stuff with the just those tiny. White four white stitches. That's okay. Quite like that. <laughs> mm, that's when you sort of get into the sort of if you know, you know type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another really annoying thing. I was about to say that. <laughs> yeah. I, I suppose uh, when men get older, they sort of move the flexing of their wealth from their chest to um, to their wrist and start buying expensive watches. And yes, or as I noticed the other day from one of the. Um, one of the not uh, one of the guys on the news. He had um, uh, his um, initials on his cuff, which I thought was quite. I'm not, no, I can't say I'm on this shirt cuff. I can't say I'm keen on that either. And a quite a. I don't know what his watch was, but it was quite a bright gold, um, and it looked. Um, well, it all looks quite interesting. His outfit it wasn't for me. I have to say, but. I was kind of hoping you'd say that you thought having the monogrammed cuffs was a really cool thing because then we'd have something we could disagree on because I think it's oh. <laughs> really, really bad. You hate that as well. I think monogrammed stuff is uh, its like uh, like you're a little kid and you don't know which shirt is yours, so you have to have your name embroidered on it. It's <laughs> terrible. Yeah, I wasn't keen, I have to say. Sorry, we can't disagree on that. Let's find something else to disagree about, shall we? Okay, you find something. <laughs> What else can we disagree about? Oh, how about my choice of rain jackets today? <laughs> uh, rain jackets, yes. Well, I mean, there are good brands and there are bad brands. And I think I tend to go to the smaller brands because I'd argue that you get more for your money and you get something more special. Okay. Fair uh, going for the big brands, you know that they'll have a – huge markup because they've got a huge organization you'll know that their stuff they've made is made down to a cost and really i think you could argue that their design effort it, a lot of the time it will be we need a raincoat to retail at 300 quid can someone knock it up uh, but, but going for smaller brands i think you'll find there's more personality in it again as i said better value for money and you'll get something nicer 
Okay, point taken. Well, I did I, I did take your recommendation that you gave me and I passed it on to someone else who's looking for one, actually. So <laughs> does that redeem me a little bit? It will redeem you a bit, yeah. Friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I can see the point. I mean, wandering around looking for stuff in central London, you won't find small brands. You'll find yeah. the big brands and so forth. Yeah. So, I think that's that's part of the the um, yeah. Not it's not necessarily a problem, but part of the thing that if uh, a lot of things aren't available on, they're only available online, which means mm. that unless I'm spending hours searching online, I might not come across them. Whereas if they are actually in the stores, then I'm more likely to come across them mm. and um, sort of if I've seen them in person. But, yeah, it's a shame. Some of them just don't get that kind of airing unless someone, you know, like Liberty or someone decides to buy into them um, mm. and give them a bit more of a platform. But, yeah, sometimes I don't get to see them. So I hadn't heard of that brand that you suggested. So um, mm. that, thanks for enlightening me. There's a lot of cases, though, where you'll see the sort of high street version, and I won't mention any brand names or anything here, but I'll see you sort of, oh, God, why did you pick that up? That's trash. You should be looking at this, which is something <laughs> really special, available online, uh, but would have been so nice for around the same price, and you know that that's probably made, the other stuff wasn't. And, but then it's a it's a question of, I mean, how much research can people do into stuff? Um, also, what you read online is it fact or fiction um it it, once you go down that rabbit hole i mean therein lies madness because you can just get so caught up in stuff i mean you see the same people buying watches they'll buy one watch and then they'll realize that oh no there's one that's even better or rarer or cooler or Mm. james bond wore it or whatever and then they'll have to get into the whole thing i did want to mention people liking James Bond as a style icon. I was trying to sort of mentally pull up some James Bond images and I like the Skyfall styles. But Mm. apart from that, I don't find James Bond. You're not feeling it? No, not at all. It seems a a very sort of easy thing to come up with, but I'm not sort of really seeing what would be good. And also all the James Bonds are so different. So the latest guy, which seems a bit of a lout, really, uh, but the previous ones have been sort of more stylish or more sort of debonair or more playboyish or roguish or whatever, but they're all pretty different. Yeah, maybe they're just trying to buy into that. Maybe they want to buy into that life. I guess it's he looks, he can look smart and he can and he does the sort of casual thing well. And I think the last one, somebody pulled up a picture of, I think it was a Montclair, I think it was Montclair, um, jacket just like a puffer style jacket they're like i want this one and maybe it's just they think that that will provide them with a very exciting lifestyle if they get that jacket i mean that is a definite thing isn't it speaking of jackets with no logos or branding on them (laughs) Uh, montclair is pretty bad in that respect um, yeah, yeah, but people do like their jackets. Yeah, so I thought. I thought I'm, yeah. I was just thinking that uh, I think Doctor Who would be a bigger style icon for me than uh, <laughs> James Bond. I could definitely knit you one of those scarves. Well, I mean, there you go. I mean, even old, old Doctor Who with a huge <laughs> jacket and a multicoloured scarf would be brilliant. Uh, what a look! What a time to be alive. That's the, that's the only Doctor Who, isn't it? Style, the old style. Well, I mean, even the new Doctor Who's uh, are pretty, uh, pretty tweedy guys with oh. good haircuts and so forth. It's a real 
good ones there. Well, maybe I'm going to have to delve in a little bit more when they when they say James Bond. Maybe I'm going to have to delve in a little bit more as to why they've said that then. I think a lot of guys like the Skyfall barber jacket because that seems to be something that is um, still sought after and mm. highly valued. Yeah. Um, no one specifically said that, but yeah, it, it seems to, it's come up a lot. So I, um, yeah, I guess I sort of think it's fa- it's a fairly classic look. It's not too out there. It's not too extreme. So it appeals to quite a few people. Quite a few people say George Clooney as well. Quite a few, I did go through a stage of David Beckham, but don't he seems to, mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, David do you think Gandhi a, some occasionally, good-looking guy, quite classic yeah. again. The, the thing is, a lot of these guys, though, that unless you actually sort of look like them, i.e. you look like a male model yeah. who basically lives a pampered life of uh, champagne and uh, a personal trainer, you might not really be able to pull them off very well. Well, that is true, yeah, yeah. But I have had more unusual ones, like um, Russell Brand once and uh, Vladimir Putin. That must be the most surprising. Good Lord. I think I've had. I was like, oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah, not quite sure why, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> That's quite scary. Get a few, get a few, few interesting ones, yeah. It does tend to give you a little bit of a pointer as to so I think we were talking about a little bit about um sort of style personalities and whether you're more whether you do go for that sort of quite a clean look say someone like George Clooney 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 um (laughs) who's got that sort of very uh just sort of groomed kind of nothing standing out type of look or whether you go for that slightly more rugged kind of style which I would say that is more what you're kind of into where you it's lots of tweeds and a lot more texture or or something that's kind of maybe a bit more Jeff Goldblum type style where he's quite out there and he's quite experimental and he wants to stand out a little bit so um I think that's that's quite interesting and and when people tell me who they who they like in that, in in that, who sort of influences them? That it gives you a little inkling as to which way they might go, um, because sometimes if I put somebody in something, to um, I've got a Costa Rican client, and he, I think we went into, um, do you know the French brand Sandro? I think we were trying on some bomber jackets in there, and it was nice. It looked good on him. It fitted him because he, he is very, he's quite short, um, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, it's like slightly hard to get things to fit him, but it was nice. But then we went into Bellstaff and we actually got that just because it was a little bit more rugged and it was more his sort of more his scene than the the Sandro tends to be all quite smooth fabrics and quite simple designs, and it was a little bit too smooth and simple for him, and he preferred the more sort of rugged style. So it's just sometimes it's quite subtle differences like that which make something feel like you rather than mm, yeah, I like it, but it's just not quite right for. For, for me it doesn't make me I, I I try to go for the more enhanced version of of the person and try and kind of pull out what will make them feel like the best version of themselves so yeah so would you agree that you're maybe more on the on the rugged side than the smooth side uh yeah yeah I think that's fair to say I do like textures and I do like um yeah real real stuff um uh, I shun the synthetics and I'll go for wool or denim or 
waxed cotton or canvas or yeah. stuff with a bit of um, a bit, of, a bit of heft. My wife often makes fun of my cardboard jeans. So I, do like, <laughs> I do like the heavyweight denim. If I'm going to have jeans, they have to be substantial. Yeah. I, I did wonder a bit when you mentioned the people um, that would pulled forth as style icons or style personalities. Do you think people are looking at the sort of lifestyles of these personalities or what they are? I'm a bit worried when someone finds a Russian dictator to be the sort of style they want to achieve. <laughs> um, I, I, I sort of thought it was just the way they looked, but who knows? It could be their personalities as well. I think, I think more, I think it's probably more, someone that maybe they look a little bit like them. I do tend to find that they'll identify with someone that looks a little bit like them. Um, I do think it's more the way they look rather than their, their yeah. lifestyle. There is this expression about dress for the job you want or something like that. There is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> put some interesting spin on it. Yeah, maybe I should. Um, I might, might start questioning them a little bit more than that, on that then. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should call them out. I mean, are you really serious about this? <laughs> so, uh, hmm. Now, is there anything else we haven't covered? Uh, we're sort of running up out of time now. Um, no, I don't think so. Not not specifically. One thing I was going to, um, I was thinking, I guess we have covered it a little bit, is as you get a little bit older, I don't know how, oh, you did tell me how old you are. Um, is it, have you found your style changes as you get older or have you kind of, has it adapted? Because that's one thing that. I think people I, I do struggle. find that I probably am getting a bit more aged in my style because I do find more and more stuff that I actually really detest, which younger people wear. Right. <laughs> which, which would be like, say, trainers or sneakers today. I can't understand what are they on about, why they cost so much, why you'd have those awful things on your feet. Uh, same with all this. Are any sort of sneakers, trainers? Well, I've got some I mean, Stan Smiths on at the moment. Does that does that mean you hate what I'm? They're, no, they're not. I mean, that's not really a modern sneaker, okay. is it? I mean, okay. that's a sort of classic uh, design from the seventies or something, probably. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do run, so I do wear running shoes when I'm running. But you have all these Yeezys and yeah, all these okay. special editions, uh, Ben yeah, the and Jerry trainer type thing. Well. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good lord, what is that on about? <laughs> <laughs> and then you have the I whole can't imagine uh, you in them, I've got to say. Athleisure business where you've got all this. I mean, that is all a young person's game. Mm. Uh, I do realise I sound like Cardi Man now <laughs> with my flat cap and uh, my pension book in my back pocket. And uh, <laughs> uh, speaking about dad's style, my dad actually has excellent style. Does he? Oh. Even though he is pushing 80. Oh, cool. He wears Yucatan boots and uh, he, he buys a lot of stuff I use. <laughs> oh, really? So, oh, wow. Uh, um, I lost the, my train of thought now. Where on earth oh, was so I? Oh, so as, as you get older and you, you had your pension book in your back pocket the last time, the, the last yeah. uh, <laughs> thing we mentioned. <laughs> well, I do like stuff that is real and has function and has history. And I think I'm probably sort of getting narrower and narrower in what I like. Mm, mm. Um, and I know what I like and I want more of what I like, which is, as my wife points out, a bit a huge problem that once you start that, you just start accumulating 
stuff you like. So if you're going to buy something, buy something you don't have instead of buying more of what you have. Mm. And I have listened to her, so I don't buy more of what I already have. <laughs> I'm trying to be a good boy. Well, it's your, it's your passion, isn't it? Well, I mean, how many green barbers do you need? <laughs> yeah, maybe not that many, yeah. Even if they all are different models from different periods in different states of disrepair and so forth and so forth. I mean, you really don't need that much stuff today. And I think that is, after the pandemic, that is something people are seeing. They don't go out as much, so you yeah. don't get to use the jackets as much. You don't. Mm, definitely. Yeah, I think it's changed yeah. things, hasn't it? So, so that sort of kind of brings us to the sort of sustainability thing because I read somewhere that if we didn't make any more clothes now, we'd actually have enough clothes to last us the next 15 years or so just from what's already out there. Yes, I now read that. that. I th- in fact, I thought it was longer than that. I thought it was the next 40 years or something. It probably could be. I'm, I'm sure it's one of these cases where someone was writing an article and just thought up a number and it has become a sort of universal truth. But if you walked it back, it would turn out to be just, I don't know if you could how you could even calculate something like that. Yeah. But it's in, as, a, as an idea, it's interesting. And I have the same idea about cars. If we really wanted to do something good for the planet, we'd stop making cars now. Mm-hmm. Take care of what we have. Yeah, we have cars for years and years to go. But sustainability. What do you think of when you think of sustainability? Well, I suppose for me it might be slightly different for from you and some of your other guests. But I suppose for me it's making sure that the clients that I work with buy things that they like and suit them and they know how to wear. So things like putting together the outfit list, it might sound quite simple, but it means that they know how to wear something and they will wear it rather than it going to waste in their wardrobes. Um, And, yeah, buying uh, less and wearing it, yeah, wearing it more. Um, I've always, I personally, I've always done that anyway. So I'm feeling quite smug, I have to say, when I... um, read all those posts about people that say they're not buying stuff for, you know, a whole month. This might be more women's wear again, but people that say they're not buying something for a whole month, well, I kind of don't tend to buy that much anyway, and I never have. I've only tended to buy a few pieces that I really, really like. I suppose because I liked fashion, I wanted something, the thing that I bought, I wanted to absolutely fall in love with it and for it to change my entire life for me to buy it. So I never bought anything that I didn't particularly, I mean, I did actually have to try and force myself at some stages to buy something just because it would be quite useful to have that in my wardrobe rather than I love it. So, um, so yeah, personally, I've sort of always been, and my mum had a secondhand clothes shop, so I tended to shop secondhand and um, get rid of things in her shop. So, so yeah, rather than, um, so I suppose for me, it's more about how you use something and how much you wear it and whether it suits you, rather than uh, looking too much into the where it's made and how it's made, etc., um, which is probably more the angle that you come from, which I think is great. It's just it was quite hard for me, I think, to shop like that. I mean, it wouldn't be impossible, and maybe I should look more into it. I don't specifically get asked for um to shop like that but yeah that's that's probably more where I'm coming from is more the sort of use of something once you've got it rather than 
where it's coming from in the first place. But and also maybe the sort of recycling aspect. So I'm quite interested in um, all these things that are springing up where you know, like nudie jeans, you can get your jeans repaired. And um, the I think I saw on uh, Grey Fox's um, Instagram, the visible mending. I can't remember her name, but the girl that does the visible mending. So she kind of makes patterns of, out of the moth holes in your jumpers and stuff like that. So that I, I love all that stuff. I think that that's brilliant. And I love it if you can sort of recycle something or upcycle it or turn it into something else or use it in a different way. Or I've done a couple of blog posts on what to do with things um, if when you get rid of them, because I can't bear it. I mean, I can't bear this. I can't believe people would actually put a, a, an item of clothing in a landfill bin. And I have actually seen it in my own. I live in a um, in a flat in a house, in a Victorian house, um, and I've seen like a jacket in our bin and I just thought who would do that I find that impossible to believe but yeah so I guess that's my my take is more what, what you do once you've got it how you use it hmm. I think that's that's good I mean use up what you have I think that yeah. is yeah what the pretty much the best we can we can all do uh, I would add perhaps buy less um, less clothes with synthetic synthetic fibers in them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I mean, you, you've got a point where about researching where everything is made and who's made it and all that. I mean, it is tricky. Mm, it takes yeah. a lot of time, mm. and a lot of the time, the people making it will lie about it if they can get away with it, and they have something to hide. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit. It's yeah, it's quite difficult, isn't it, to know what is. What's so, true if you are making shoes in India, say of uh, leather from a dodgy tannery and so forth, it's not something you're going to put on your website, is it? No, <laughs> probably not. No, no, it's so, it, 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 you can go really yeah, uh, and to use that expression that we said we don't like, you can take a deep dive into it, can't you? And really, okay. it's quite a, a huge, complicated subject. Which is not to say that, you know, maybe I should be looking more into that as well. But um, maybe I will in the future. Maybe you've inspired me now to do that. And, and also sustainability has become such a buzzword. And you have all these new brands popping up who are trying to sell you loads of stuff because they are so sustainable. Mm. Uh, and also a lot of that is pretty expensive, which means that you're not going to really sort of get people to buy it. Yeah, that is the thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's all very well. Go out every Saturday to buy stuff. Mm. I think the other the other problem I've come across personally is um, I have tended to buy more expensive and less, but I find the quality just because it's expensive, it does not mean it's good quality. And I think this is maybe a little bit more in women's wear than men's wear because um, I guess that's what I've found personally. What I'm buying, I have had quite a few things that have fallen apart and. What I find quite irritating is when you go back to the shops and they tend to say, well, have you worn it? And it's like, well, yes, it was a garment. I thought that's what you did with things yeah. like that, clothes. You wore them. Um, and they always tend to try and blame you. So that is one thing that I have a real issue with. And they say, well, nobody else has brought them back. And sometimes I wonder if that's because people just haven't bothered to take things back. So I do think it's important if that if something doesn't wear well to take it back because I don't think it's you know it, it, they they're selling it sometimes at a high price and it's just not worth it. So um, that's my personal bugbear. 
Very good point. And I think the reason people won't take them back is because the confrontation will be so unpleasant. Yeah. Um, and you will have had to keep the receipt and so forth. And then you have to sort of make the case to yeah. someone in the shop that this should have actually been better. Mm. Um, so that's part of it. Uh, part of the reason it fell apart is that, I mean, there, there are really two reasons things can be expensive. Uh, one is that it's a really good product. And there are brands who make really good stuff that is worth the price. And the other one is that they've just got really, really big markups. And yeah. the thing you're buying really wasn't that good. Mm. Which yeah. is sad. But big companies, um, I mean, in the in the sort of high fashion world, an eight times markup is pretty much the norm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard of people putting just um, putting prices up just because they can and to make them more desirable rather than because they need to which is not very encouraging is it definitely it's a sad reflection on the world we live in mm. <laughs> and on that happy note <laughs> I think I'll, uh, thank you for for joining me sarah it was great thank you very much and, for having um, me i'd love to talk to you again sometime great, so uh, thank you have a nice stay and bye-bye. Thanks. <laughs> See you later. And that was all for this week's episode, a new episode next week. If you'd uh, like to investigate further, uh, my blog is at welldresseddad.com, Instagram at welldresseddad. Um, you've been listening to Gomology. Please uh, leave a rating and a review if you like. I'd really appreciate it. And if you'd like to get in touch, the email address is welldressedad at gmail.com. Thanks a lot and catch you next week.